Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi, Gary. <laughs> Good evening. How are you today? Wonderful. Thank you. It's raining outside. I like it when it's raining. It's very nice. I wish it would rain more. You can hear it in here really loud. It's great. Anyways, I like stories. I like to tell stories. I like to watch stories. I like to read stories. Uh, and what does every story typically need? It needs a resolution, an ending, a resolution. Because everything you've heard about Jonah up until this point, the last few weeks of Crave, is I think generally what you hear in Sunday school about him. Um, but then they just kind of stop there. Uh, and I love the story of Jonah. It's really probably my favorite book in the entire Bible. Um, and chapter four, which we're talking about tonight, is probably my favorite chapter in the entire Bible. Uh, so right now it's unfinished. Right? It's unfinished, and chapter 4 is, in my opinion, really the big linchpin of, of the, whole, the whole book, the whole story. Um, so I want you to think about your favorite movie. And I, then I want you to raise your hand and tell me what that movie is. Miss Congeniality. All right. That's, wasn't expecting that. Yes, in the back. What? Jailhouse Rock. Okay, wow, we're really going out there tonight. Yes. Cars. Cars. Solid pick. You back there. Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Okay. Classic. Yes. Sonic the, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. You sure? Okay. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Now there's a good one. Yeah. Back to the Future. Also a really good one. I almost talked specifically about it tonight, but then I didn't. Yes. Priceless. Okay. So what would those movies be without the ending? If they just cut off? Kind of sucked. In fact, as you said, Back to the Future, I almost showed a clip of that tonight. If at the beginning of the movie, when Doc Brown gets gunned down by Libyan terrorists, which, by the way, is a wild thing to happen in a family film from the 80s, he gets gunned down by Libyans before Marty McFly gets in his car and goes back to the, the, uh, the, back to the past or whatever, and uh, the movie just ends. They both get shot and die, and that's the end of the movie. Would that be a very good movie? No. You need an ending. So it probably still wouldn't be your favorite movie if it just stopped and didn't have the ending. So we need an ending to the story of Jonah. So uh, that's one of the things I want to talk about tonight is resolution. Resolution. So we've been talking about Jonah for the last several weeks now, and I want to do a very quick recap on what has happened, uh, especially if you have not been here. Uh, so it's not a very long book, so I think we can knock this out pretty quick, but I need three different people to volunteer to tell me about chapters one, two, and three. Chapter one. It, 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 so who wants to talk about chapter one? Anybody want to just quickly summarize what happened in the first chapter of Jonah? It's not very complicated. Yes, Taylor, okay. That worked out well, and I, that, that's good. Jonah was basically a prophet, and God told him to go to Nineveh to speak one of his messages. He was like, no way. Yep, that's it. <laughs> Jonah was like, no way. So he ran away, uh, hopped on a ship, storm came on the ship. Jonah sacrificed himself valiantly, threw himself overboard, and the storm stopped and the sailors were spared, and then the whale swallowed him. And so that's chapter one. Who wants to summarize chapter two? Okay. This one's really easy. Uh, probably uh, he's stuck in the whale, so 
That's the first part. Yep. Uh, he probably questions God's, like, why are you doing this to me? What's sure. So, yeah. Yeah. That's basically all I remember. Great. Yeah, that's basically it. Jonah's in the whale. Ooh, got it. Uh, Jonah's in the whale, and he prays to God. He has his prayer, and then at the very end of the chapter, the whale spits him back up. And that's chapter two. Anybody chapter three? Last one, chapter three. Okay. All right. We're going to see if this works. Kinda. Okay, uh, he decides to go to Nineveh after he gets spit out by the whale and swallowed by the whale, so. Yes, great, wonderful, thank you. I caught it every single time, that's an accomplishment for me. Thank you, thank you very much. Yeah, so that's chapter three, he, he gets spit up on the beach, he's like, fine. I'll go to Nineveh. He goes there. He preaches to the Ninevites. And the Ninevites are like immediately, oh, yeah, all right. That sounds right. We're going to throw out our, all our possessions, put on sack clothes, and pray that God spares us. And he does. God spares the Ninevites. Um, and again, so if you've grown up in the church, this is probably uh, where the stories you have always known it has ended. Right there. So, um, Jonah finally got his butt to Nineveh. He prayed the word of God to them. And end of story, everybody's happy, right? Everybody goes home. We're all good, right? No. Incorrect. That's not the end of the story. Everybody was not happy. Who's the main character of the story? Who's it about? No. God. Somebody said it. God. Uh, God is the main character of this story, not Jonah. Um, Jonah's the protagonist. Jonah's not the protagonist, sorry. Jonah's not the protagonist. God is, and God won. But Jonah was not happy. So why was Jonah not happy? Because they didn't get what they reserved. In another word, Jonah had resentment. Jonah had resentment. He was resentful against the Ninevites and against God. He was resentful of God's mercy. This man was actively angered by God saving people and giving them a second chance. The irony of that being what happened to Jonah was assumedly completely lost on him. So, uh, and, and so reminder, this is, this is uh, we're going to take a look at chapter 4, verse 1 now. And, and this is just after the Ninevites have repented and been spared by God. So uh, verse 1 says, but to Jonah this seemed very wrong and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord, isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? This is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. That's insane. That's insane. That's the first three verses of this chapter, and that is insane to me. There goes right out the window everything we thought we knew about this book, right? Jonah wasn't a coward. I mean, he was in a certain sense, but, but what we probably heard growing up is that Jonah was afraid to go to Nineveh. He was afraid of the big, bad, evil people. The prophets that go there would be killed, so he'd be killed horrifically, and that would stink. That'd not be fun. So he was a coward, and he ran away. But that's not why Jonah didn't go to Nineveh. Jonah didn't want to go there because Jonah knew God's nature. It's so funny to hear him describe God in this way as a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. That sounds really nice, right? But Jonah wasn't saying it to be nice. That was a negative for Jonah. Jonah was mad about that. 
Jonah did not want the Ninevites to be spared. He wanted them to suffer and he wanted them to die. And Jonah's whole ordeal in the whale didn't change his perspective at all. Jonah's prayer in the whale, him sending himself overboard, none of that was valiant. None of that was him really learning his lesson. That was Jonah really genuinely rathering to die than to have the Ninevites saved. He would have rather died than, than happily accepted that death than the Ninevites saved. So this is really a game changer. Um, it's, 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 it really changes everything. Jonah did not want God to save the Ninevites. So Jonah knew the resolution to the story and he didn't want any part in it. He wanted zero part in it. Jonah would literally rather die than the Ninevites be saved. So he ran and he chose to die rather than take part in saving them. And can you just comprehend how bonkers that is? I've repeated it several times, but that's because it's just insane. It's, it's just insane. This man is so full of anger and hatred that he would rather all these people die than know the same love and forgiveness and mercy and grace that God showed him. So God had other plans in mind, though not even primarily for Jonah, but, but uh, for the Ninevites. God had a different resolution in mind. So I want to go back to those two words we started talking about, resolution and resentment. Resolution and resentment. Jonah had a choice in what his story was going to be. He had every opportunity to change his outlook. And sure, he eventually dragged himself to Nineveh, but just look at what his attitude was afterwards. Even after everything, even after being swallowed by a whale, Jonah was blinded by resentment. So this is my first point, or second point. We love God's grace and mercy for us, but we don't love it when he does the same for our enemies. If there's one thing you can take from this entire book of the Bible, this is probably the biggest. We love God's grace and mercy for us, but we don't love it when he does the same for our enemies. Now you may have heard to do this if you've grown up in the church, you may not have, but how many times have you sat down to pray at night or any other time and you have prayed for the people that you don't like? the people that you just can't stand, that you hate seeing on a daily basis that torment you. And maybe you do do that, but maybe you don't. A lot of us, I think, don't think of that. But that's what God calls us to do because we're given the same thing. We're given God's grace and mercy. Shouldn't we want that for everybody, even our enemies? We should, but it's difficult. It's hard. So let's see. Uh, let's go to verse 4. Verse 4 says, but the Lord replied, do you do well to be angry? So this is after Jonah, reminder, he just said, he just said, now Lord, take away my life or it is better for me to die than to live because I didn't want the Ninevite spared. So the Lord replies, do you do well to be angry? And I want you to really think about that. So was it, was Jonah right to be angry? Was he right to be angry? And then think about have you ever been angry at any point in your life? Probably. Uh, have you ever been angry while knowing that you were in the wrong, but you kept going anyways? Because that's what I want to talk about for a second. I do that way more often than I would like. It is extremely frustrating uh, because I can see it while it's happening. I'm getting irritable. Uh, I'm already irritable. I'm getting extremely, uh, like increasingly frustrated. And I just have this like unsourceable anger. 
Like, I just don't know why I'm angry, but I am. I'm just mad for no real reason. Whatever I'm arguing about, probably stupid and meaningless. But I keep going in this argument. I keep pushing it. I know I'm in the wrong, or I know what I'm arguing about is dumb, but I keep doing it. I just keep getting more and more mad, and I can see the signpost on the wall saying, hey, just stop. Just stop. But at a certain point, I choose to do something. I'll tell you what that is, but I have plenty of chances to take an out, right? To just stop, to de-escalate, to give up. But that's hard, right? That would wound my pride. My ego would take a hit. I can't do that. So I've already chosen this hill to die on, so that means I have to die on it. That's just how it is. So the thing that I choose to do is to give myself what is for me basically the ultimate excuse. And it's, it's this right here. It's, it's, I tell myself, you can apologize later. You can apologize later. I know I'm in the wrong. I know I'm mad for no reason. I know I should stop. I know I'm going too far. But I say you can apologize later, which means I can do whatever I want right now. I have given myself free range to be as mad as I want now. And then I can put the pieces back together and apologize uh, some other time after the fact. Right? Oh, I'm sorry. I was just in a really bad mood. You know, I shouldn't have taken out that out on you. Uh, you know, it, it wasn't anything to do with you. It was me. I'm so sorry. Blah, blah, blah. Like clockwork. That completely absolves myself to just indulge in whatever madness I have for no reason at that moment and just apologize later. And that's not good. Let's be clear. It's not good. Um, and and, and it, so it's, it's my resentment for the person that I'm arguing with that has fully overridden all of my judgment. This, this overwhelming sense of resentment that has just overridden all reason. So do you think that resulting in that resentment is a good thing? No. One person thinks no. That's fine. You'll get there. Uh, it, it's not healthy to think, we'll just apologize later. And I don't know if that's super exclusive to me or not. But if you felt that, it's not healthy. It's not. And, but you do it, right? You do it with your parents. You do it with your friends. Even when you know you're wrong, you will keep arguing with them. I'd reckon a bet you get into plenty of arguments with your parents where you're no, you know, you're fully aware you're being dumb. You're not acting right. But you keep doing it anyways. It's too easy not to. So you did choose the resolution there. You chose what the resolution was, but do you think that you chose the right one? No. Apparently none of you think that, but the answer is no. Uh, no. So, all right, let, let's, let's go back to Jonah. Now, let's see what he does. So God asked him if he was right, if it was right for him to be angry. He asked Jonah directly, is it right for you to be? Jonah's mad. He's praying to God. He's like, hey, God, I'm really upset about this. And God just says, is it, is it right for you to be angry? Should you be angry? Now, uh, we don't get the answer to that yet, but let's go to verse 5. Jonah had gone out and sat down at a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter, sat in his shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. So to be clear, Jonah's like, all right, I'm going to go sit on this hill, and hopefully, if I'm lucky, watch everybody die. This man is just so full of hate for these people that he was just 
propping up a scenic little view to hopefully watch an entire city burn. That's not great. Hot take, not really a good thing. Uh, So then uh, verse 6 says, Then the Lord God provided a leafy plant and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the plant. Um, I, this, this chapter is kind of funny at times in, in, in a sense, and I, I really like it. So I think what happens here is just really cool. Uh, God trying to give Jonah some perspective. Does it, that actually work? Um, let's find out. I'm going to read this next part actually in the ESV translation. That's the Eastern Standard Version. That's what my Bible is because I love how direct and blunt it is. So in verse 9, he says, uh, But God said to Jonah, do you do well to be angry for the plant? Do you do well to be angry for the plant? And he says, yes, I do well to be angry. Angry enough to die. That's kind of insane, but we've already established how mad this guy was all the time. So God took away the plant. When the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind, and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said it would be, it would, it would be better for me to die than to live. So God said to Jonah, do you do well to be angry for the plant? And Jonah says, yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. And Quite frankly, that's a big mood. Um, But this man is speaking to God the way an angry child speaks to a parent when they don't get their way. Again, he says he would rather die. He's throwing a temper tantrum. This man, again, saved an entire city of men, women, and children, which were later quoted on being about 120,000, and he's bad about it, and he's throwing a temper tantrum about it. It's, it's, it's just so unlike any other story in the Bible, and I'm just so drawn to it. So our last point is, is this. Do you do well to be angry? Do you do well to be angry? I want you to ask yourself that, and I want you to ask yourself that every time you feel yourself getting mad. Every time you start realizing yourself, you're digging your own hole, that you're taking a stand that might not be right. Do you do well to be angry? And let me make this clear, that's not a rhetorical question. The answer sometimes might be yes. Anger is not inherently a bad thing, but like any emotion, it's all about how we use it. So that's a real question. In that situation where you're angry, no matter what the context, do you do well to be angry? Answering that question honestly involves swallowing our ego and our pride. Do you do well to be angry? And that's the end of Jonah's story. That resu- the resolution to Jonah's story is that he is so angry that he would rather die. He would rather die. Do you want that to be your resolution? That you'd rather die than admit to your parents that, hey, maybe I should clean my room. I don't know. Hey, maybe I am wrong about something I remembered incorrectly. You know? Maybe I am wrong. Do you want to be so blinded by resentment and hate that you would just rather die? That is not, however, the resolution for the book of Jonah. We still have two more verses. And I'm going to be reading again from the ESV translation for these last two. So this is verse 10. And the Lord said, you pity the plant for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. 
And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also much cattle? And that's a really serious verse and a really good point. However, that last line is probably the funniest part in the entire Bible to me. Just that little tacked on, yeah, there's 120,000 people in the city, and also there's a lot of cows. Like, what do you have against the cows? Anyways, that's huge, right? No one can just hammer home that point like God can, right? And then it ends. That's it. That's the book of Jonah. It ends. And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left and also much cattle? That is the end of the book of Jonah. Uh, that, 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 to break down that chapter four, you got a little piece of it. You got a piece at the beginning, where, which is Jonah establishing that he, is, he knew God's nature. He's mad about it. He didn't want them saved. That's why he ran. You got the middle part where he's sitting on a, a, on a hill and God brings a plant in and then takes that plant away to illustrate to Jonah this last single point. You're mad about a plant which you did not labor nor you did not make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. Should I not pity these people? Should I not pity these people who do not know me, who do not, have not been given the chance to know me and repent? These real living, breathing people, should I not pity them? Should they not be given that same chance that you were? And we don't, we don't know. We don't know what Jonah said to that. The, the book ends on kind of this bleak, unresolved note. But who wrote it? Jonah. Jonah wrote this book. So at some point, we got to believe that he got some perspective and was able to write this account with a huge dose of humility. So as the band comes up right now to play one last song, I want to ask you one last question again. Who is the book of Jonah about? God. God. You remembered that time? Thank you. Not Jonah. Not the people of Nineveh. Not the whale. It's about God. God's mission in chapter one, his arranging of the storm and the fish, his grave in chapter two as he has the fish spot Jonah out, his mercy towards the people of Nineveh in chapter three. His patient love to continue to teach Jonah in chapter four. It is all about God and his relationship with us. It's all about God and his relationship with us. So who in your life do we hate the way that Jonah hated the people of Nineveh? Who do you need to forgive? What's your attitude and who do you need to show that love to? Remember, you get to choose your resolution. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for all these people being here tonight, together here to worship you, to learn more about you, God. As we go into this week, as we go into the rest of our lives, just help us remember we, we choose to be angry. We choose to hold on to this resentment we're making that choice. Are we making the right one? Do we do well to be angry, God? Help us have a great rest of our night and a great week. In Jesus' name, amen.